Welcome back, everyone, to the Barrel Brothers podcast. Uh, this is David, and I'm joined by my co-host, Brian. What's going on, Brian? How's everything? Oh, just as good as gold. There you go. Speaking of gold, we are <laughs> drinking some fine gold liquid right now. Yes, we are. So I know you guys obviously can't see us, but uh, this week is a little different. Uh, we normally both try a whiskey and talk about it and... Um, what we get from the nose and the palate. And, and then we kind of go into some facts about the, um, the distillery this week. Um, I'm going to be doing the tasting blind. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have chosen Glenn Levitt as the, as the whiskey that we're going to be drinking. Um, Brian has decided which, which one we're going to be doing. So yes, sir. I actually don't know. And I think I have a hunch. I have a hunch. Uh, mm-hmm. but that is strictly based on the color. <laughs> oh, I mean, should we go right out of the gate and get your opinion on what it is? Or... Well, so let's, let's talk about the two that we're doing. Okay. Um, why don't you share which one yeah. we're doing? So, um, you know, we had the privilege of our families going to the, going on vacation a couple months ago together. And we walked into one of the ABC stores and right there on the display, as you come in, um, in the Scotch, se- Scotch section, excuse me, um, was a display of Glen Levitt. So David and I looked at each other and we we're like, huh, those are pretty good prices for two incredible bottles of uh, single malt Scotch whiskeys. So we went ahead and picked them up and we sampled some of them while we were at the beach. And that led to tonight's taste test. And the first choice is the Glen Levitt 12. And the second choice is the Glen Levitt 14. So if you haven't already taken a sip, David, um, go ahead and indulge. Yeah, taste I it, did. taste it, chew it, do what you do best, and let me know your thoughts. <laughs> so the twelve, the Glen Levitt twelve is the double oak. Yeah. Um, and and you know, and I've I have drank both of these previously, so um, I have my notes written down for both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about the twelve first when. When I did my tasting for the 12, um, on the nose, I right off the bat, you think of its uh, lightness, mm-hmm. I guess is the right, the right word I'm looking for. Um, it's light. It's a little monk, uh, like malty smell. Mm-hmm. And it almost kind of has like a fruity smell. Fair. Like, and I wrote this down in my notes. If, if I were to give the Glen Levitt 12 double oak a month of the year, I think it'd be April. Interesting. Uh, how so? Because it's light, mm-hmm. but it's not like you're drinking like a wine, you know? There's still a little bit something there that gets you. Yeah, still a little bit, still a little bit heat, but it's, it's light. And, you know, you don't think of scotch necessarily as you drink it like in the dead of winter. Mm hmm. But you also, I don't think of it drinking it on a hot summer day either. So I, <laughs> and, and this one, this one's light too. It's not like a heavy, like, it's not like a heavy, rich bourbon. Right. Where it's like, like the sweetness kind of overpowers you. This is really light. Um, so yeah, I think, I think April. Okay. I, I do like that. That's, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good way of looking at it. The April scotch. I'm going to start calling it that. <laughs> I don't know. Some Glenn Levitt diehards might come after us for that. 
the purists, if you will. So what? Okay, so your notes versus what you're drinking is it spot on? Is it far apart? Do you? I mean, when was the last time you had either one of these? Um, the last time I had the 14 was at the beach. Mm -hmm. I had the 12 pretty recently. Um, My sister came in for a weekend and we tried it. She wanted to try some scotch. I don't think she liked it very much, but nice. I had that one uh, with her. Mm -hmm. And what's funny is I was all excited when I did the tasting with her and I was like, Nate, now try to chew the whiskey and Mm -hmm. all these different things. Like I was sounding pretty pretentious about (laughs) tasting like, and like I, I was doing it on purpose, but and she looked at me and she was like, you know what it tastes like? I was like, what? She's like whiskey. I was like, that's not really what I was going for Katie, but okay. You hit the umbrella (laughs) (laughs) for the 12 on like when you're tasting on the, I guess on the palate, Mm -hmm. um, I get like fruits, like fruit flavors. Right. Um, it's, it's pretty well balanced and I don't know if I'm like crazy, but I get a little bit of pineapple. Yeah. I I think you and I talked about that when we had this together last, it was, yeah, it was almost for a double Oak. That's kind of strange for it to be that flavor, like that fruit, uh, citrus fruit intense. I mean, when you think about double Oak, you think of pretty rich flavors yeah but for me i I didn't think it was like i didn't think it it tasted like a normal double oak right exactly and usually when something's double oak it's peaty it's it's peppery it's you know full-bodied a little more heat if you will but yeah that um that 12 was probably one of the nicer uh scotches I, i think i've had so that was that was a solid pickup while we were gone Oh yeah. And I think with the 12 too, when you're tasting it, um, the finish lasts so long. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that stuff sticks to the inside of your mouth and it like, it hangs out for a while. I've never experienced that before with a whiskey. I do. It it is a good one for sure. The, um, the 14, I still think it still has it. I think it almost has a sweeter aroma mm-hmm. than than the uh, than the twelve does. You mean uh, to the taste or to the smell or both? To the nose. To the nose. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, on tasting it too, I think like the the twelve is pretty light, um, and I think the the fourteen is kind of a heavier sweetness. If mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, in my notes, I characterize it as like you're drinking uh, canned fruit, like in a, in a syrup, like in a can. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like, it's not that sweet, but that's kind of like the feel that I get. For the 12? No, for, for the 14. 14. Okay. Canned fruit. Okay. It's smooth. I mean, both of them are so smooth. What do you think about the color on this one? The one I'm drinking yeah, now, yeah. It definitely is darker, mm-hmm. so that it's leading me to think that it's the 14. Okay, is that your final answer? No, not sure. Oh, okay, all right. I'm still going through my checklist here. Lay it on me, big fella. I think 
this one doesn't have, and and I think I am going to stick with fourteen mm-hmm. uh, with my answer because it it obviously is it is darker in color. I think the twelve is so light. Um, so it also I don't get the light fruitness. I get a heavy a heavy fruit sweetness mm-hmm. on the nose and drinking it. I I think final answer. Uh, Alex Trebek, RIP. Oh, gone too is, soon. <laughs> is the 14. Yep. Cognac Cast Selection. Yep, that's what it is. God, I'm a genius. You now that was a that was a good one. Unless unless the missus slipped up. No, she didn't at all. I wasn't even in the room. Well, I know you though. You're you have an eye for detail. So if one of the bottles was out of place, you're gonna that's true. I immediately looked at the bar cart, but sandbagging. <laughs> she she moved both the bottles, so I don't know. Okay, good. I think she was she was maybe maybe have uh, outsmarted me on this one. This was pretty cool. I like I like this approach. It was it was nice to switch it up this way. I mean, and it's such a good one too. Mm-hmm. And you know you know me. If anybody has learned anything from this podcast, it is that scotch is not my favorite. Right. And uh, I, Brian definitely is the Scotch person on the show. I still think that you just got off on the wrong foot. I mean, it was nice of your buddy to give you that bottle, but that was, I don't, I, I mean, I wouldn't have started you out on something like that. Um, not, you know, <laughs> not to piss on that gift. Cause anytime you get a spirit as a gift, that's a wonderful thing. I, that, that just means somebody's invested in you um, and, and what you like. So if anybody's listening out there, uh, I love gifts. <laughs> I love gifts that are uh, in a spirit cork golden form. brown color yeah. liquid. <laughs> we have we have quite a few things to talk about on this episode. Oh yeah, we got we we, we have a couple we weeks had some, to catch up on. We have had some good pickups with Virginia ABC. Oh, Shout out! Man. Well, all right, well, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. That's um, right. So, all right, so you you are one hundred percent correct. It is a Glen Levitt fourteen, the uh, cognac cast selection. So, um, man, that's really cool that you picked up on that. The color, so what, the nose, the taste, everything. That's that's really cool. I feel like a proud dad. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> I think um, I would characterize if I had to. If I had to characterize the 12 from the 14, um, I would consider the 12 the the daily driver, you know, so to speak. You know, yeah. that was that's one that I could probably drink on pretty most pretty much any occasion mm-hmm. for a scotch and and be okay with. Um, okay. the 14, I've seen it um, characterized as a more f- like a finer selection. And it's not, I wouldn't say it's just because it's a little older. I think the cognac um, cask finish uh, definitely gives it uh, a step up. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. Um, and and I know we'll cover it, but the shape of the Glen Levitt bottle, the label, the font, you know what you're looking at when you're walking up to it. You're browsing yeah. the shelves. You're like, think, boom, there's this, boom, there's that. And then, oh, can't forget about Glenn Levitt. So that's one thing I appreciate about them. 
as well as uh, Johnny Walker. You just you know what you're looking at as you're walking up. That's what I was getting ready to say. You took the words right out of my mouth. I think yeah, they're pretty well known across the Scotts world. Yep. They've been around a long time, man. What eighteen twenty yeah. something? Eighteen twenty four? Eighteen twenty? Uh, eighteen twenty four? I guess is literally when when they started. But um, George Smith, what a man! Seriously, uh, and you know, I, I, I'm ashamedly enough, I didn't have a whole lot of time to do some research on on this. It's just kind of, I know we always say it, it's been one of those weeks, but um, they, <laughs> so the Glenn Lovett and George Smith were one of the first ones to apply for, um, uh, I guess we should back up a little bit. So Alexander Gordon was pushing the Excise Act in 1823 and uh, George Smith was like, hey, I'm going to get in ahead of this. So he was actually one of the first um, distillers to get a license to start this process. So, I mean, right away, you know, it wasn't a bootlegger thing. It was, I'm going to do this the right way. I'm going to make a quality product and stand behind it. And they have for all of these centuries. So. But you know what's interesting about that is he decided that he wanted to be legitimate. Yeah, right out, right out of the and, gate. And it pissed off the other you know, bootleggers. Yep. Like, pissed them off. Like, they wanted to kill this dude. So he started – George Smith purchased two, uh, two flintlock pistols and started carrying around with them for protection. Nice. Because he was afraid that they were going <laughs> to kill him. Yeah, I mean, it just – Think about it. That's pioneered. That. Yeah, that I mean, it was your livelihood, and now the government's trying to come in and say, not only can you not do this, we're also going to have a hand in it, and you're going to pay us. And that would piss me off too. I, I know we've covered that throughout a few of the episodes, but um, yeah, and it led to some pretty ugly occurrences uh, in the U.S. and abroad. Yep. So. How did um, you know when we when we do these various um, scotches, we we often talk about how they got their name. Mm-hmm. Um, and with with Glenn Levitt, I think the the history of the name is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, but it's it's fitting. Yeah, though. absolutely. It's fitting because without even without having even read this when I did my research this week about Glenn mm-hmm. Levitt. Out of the two ones, out of the two whiskeys that I've had from Glenn Levitt, I'm like, man, that's smooth. Mm-hmm. Like that is so smooth. And traditionally, I don't think of Scotch as a smooth whiskey. Right. Now, this has changed my mind, obviously. But so hearing the like hearing Glenn Levitt, I'm like, hmm, I wonder where they got where they got their name. Um, it, it means Glenn Levitt comes from a Gaelic term. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's it's called the Valley of the Smooth Flowing mm-hmm. One. And I was like, oh, that, that makes sense. I mean, because smoothest scotch that I've ever had. Yeah, usually, yeah. So, kind of going into what you were just saying, the first time you taste a scotch, um, I mean, each of each very characteristically, they each have a different mood and tone, um, especially depending on which region they're distilled in and i'm gonna uh, i can't believe i'm gonna say this if i were to suggest 
Glenn Levitt 14 and Johnny Walker Green, I might actually push the 14 on people at first. Ooh. I know. It's weird to say. Ryan. It's weird to say. <laughs> you need to you need to go say four. I Hail will Marys to our and, fathers and repent for I your sins. Will. I still have the broom marks on my knees from praying on him as a Catholic. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I don't. So Johnny Walker and Glenn Levitt and Oban and Talit, like each stand on their own. Um, and for my preference, if somebody brand new to this was like, Hey, I'm, I want, can we come by this evening and, te- and sample some of the stuff that you've got? Can you make some recommendations? I would say, Sure, absolutely. We're going to get this bottle, this bottle, and this bottle. And I want you to try a little bit of each. But I would start them with Glenn Levitt 14. Because this is this is one of the more well-balanced single malts that I think I've ever had. So kudos to Glenn Levitt. Yeah, for real. Good, good, good pour. So, I have a question for you. Since you're the, the Scotch well, SME. That, but... um, well, I'm going to show you that. <laughs> <laughs> seeing as i'm not um when you say single mm-hmm. malt what does that mean for all the listeners out there that might really don't have a lot of um insight into scott specifically we try to give you know hints and not hints um facts and and interesting um things to talk about when it comes to each whiskey that we try and for scotch um a lot of people might not know what single malt means. So it's a product of a single distillery. Okay. Um, how else can I explain this? Um, so with, I guess, uh, with Johnny Walker, right? It's a blend. Yeah, it, it has to be a blend of similar aged um, single malt scotch whiskeys. So this single malt is... It can contain whiskeys from other different casks, but all the whiskey has to be produced by one distillery. So the Golden Levitt makes all of the single malts that go into this particular Scotch whiskey. So a blend, like let's say Johnny Walker Green Label, is that considered a single malt? No, I I think that's still a blended Scotch whiskey, and you know it because it doesn't all come from right. It's it's kind of sourced from different distillers. So remember when we went over the uh, green, when we went over the Johnny Walker green, um, they were buying up distilleries left and right to secure the feedstock for their blends. So, Uh, yeah, so they all have to be similar age, minimum 15 years for green. And I mean, it depends on who you talk to, what message boards you're reading, what circles you're running in. But some people say that blue Johnny Walker Blue is between 21 and 25 years, which is why it's $200 plus, $200 plus per bottle. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it, uh, Johnny Walker can do no wrong in my book. So I think it's well worth it for special occasions or for just whenever you want to feel fancy. Um, oh, don't don't try going buttering up to Johnny Walker now. You just sold them down. I the will butter their bread. um no that'll always be my first love because that's that's what got me started down this path and this and and you i'm going to credit you with reigniting this love affair and this passion that i had that laid dormant for a little while so you know i I appreciate you so much for getting me back into this so uh well my welcome from my my wallet doesn't thank you um (laughs) (laughs) but 
I was thinking the exact same thing earlier. God, how many great pickups have we had recently, though? So, so good. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so yeah so it's uh, so the single malt so glenn levitt produced everything that went into the bottle that you're drinking it didn't come sourced from anywhere else glenn levitt did it all right there what do they call it the valley of glenn levitt um which probably adds to it a little bit because they can kind of control what's going in the bottles and in the casks and stuff like that um and i think one of the cool things about this um i read a note on this somewhere about the how it's finished. Uh, I can't remember where I saw it though. Well, the 14 is finished in that. So it's hand selected cognac cast. Here it is. Okay. Um, cognac cast selection 14 years finished in a hand selected cognac casks that give the whiskey a unique flavor profile and complex spicy and citrus notes. See, and it lists like chocolate covered raisins and mandarins and syrup and stuff like that. I get the floral, like it a little bit of sweet, but at first, like that ethanol, when it hits your tongue and your soft palate, it, to me, that lingers a little bit more. And I think that's specifically because of the cognac casks. Huh. I saw it, uh, it characterized, I don't remember if this was on Glenn Levitt's site or just someone else, uh, uh, some other review that I was reading, but they said it's, it's kind of like, taking a trip to Scotland mm-hmm. and um, and these are French cast selections, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Taking a trip to, from Scotland to mm-hmm. France um, with the cognac, which I don't, I don't, I don't think that I've ever really drank cognac by itself. I have not. I've I always can tell you that. just seen it like used to cook with. Like my mom has made desserts with, with cognac before, but um. I definitely, I think it's sweeter than the 12 for sure. Yeah. At first it, uh, for me, it's got a little bit more bite initially. Um, when you first, or as you're drinking it, that heat kind of cools down a little bit, but with each sip, it, it's still about the same level of spice, um, at first, but once you swallow a couple times and, uh, move it around your mouth, the saliva starts breaking stuff down, then you, you kind of get the floral fruity notes, which is, which is quite pleasant. So, but neither of them, I mean, the 14 and the 12, both of them are very smooth and they're, I would not even think about characterizing these two as harsh. No, not at all. These are, these are two solid, solid pours from uh, Glenn Levitt for sure. Hmm. It's not like that, uh, that McClellan mm. man. Yeah, I'm not big on McClellans. I mean, it, that's the devil's <laughs> work. That yeah, it just like it just licking peat moss and somebody blowing cigar smoke in your mouth. Did you know that um, with Glenn Levitt mm. there, and I did not know this. I was actually kind of surprised. Glenn Levitt is the biggest selling single malt brand in the United States. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And I, for a second, I was like, I don't think that's right. But then I did some more research and I think it is right. Yeah. I mean, so the bottle of 12 that we got, I think we paid 35 bucks. Right. Yeah. 
Something so like Johnny that. Walker, it was it Johnny wasn't Walker crazy. Green is anywhere from sixty to seventy, I think. Um, and yeah. the bottle of Glen Love at fourteen, I think it was like forty-five bucks. That's you can't go wrong there. Price, taste, uh, distillery. There's nothing wrong about it. It's not a miss at all. It's a it's a win, big time. That's pretty interesting. Big time. You just, you just, everybody just knows Johnny Walker. So you just, you just kind of assume that Johnny Walker would win that, would win that category, but no, it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all buyer's preference um, and what you're comfortable with. I mean, 14 year single malt for 40 to 50 bucks is a pretty damn good deal. Um, yeah. And it's a well-known name. It's been around forever. Um, and I, I, I think this could compete with green. I mean, I would lovingly do a, a side-by-side tasting. But um, if somebody had a gun to my head, I'd Johnny Walker green. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's your there loyalty yeah. coming out. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that we had a chance to do uh, a tasting this way, like the blind taste, because... I had uh, I had seen a video about uh, I don't remember what the the group's name was, but um, their mom or wife or somebody poured for them, uh, put the bottle in a bag so they couldn't see any shape or size or anything like that. So they started tasting, it. they started breaking everything down, and they were like, "Oh, you know, it's got the hints of this, and you know, it's got you know a high dollar." hint of this and they were like yeah we'd put uh we put the value on this at between uh, 80 80 90 dollars a bottle and it was old granddad bottled in bond 100 proof <laughs> i picked up a bottle of that for 20 dollars two days ago <laughs> i'm i'm extremely it, it's so good it's that. so sweet it's like 88 percent corn actually Ooh. no i think it's more than that I genuinely think the old granddad is more than that. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, and it's bottled in bond for 20 bucks. Yeah. That's, a, that's a steal. And it's, I'm sure all of our bougie listeners out there is going to turn your nose up to old granddad. Hey, it's like, a Basil Hayden product. Come on. It can't be too terrible. Yeah. I know you're not a big fan of Basil Hayden, but that that name I just I don't I get it. I don't get why Basil Hayden is so I just wait. Didn't you buy the Basil Hayden rye? Yeah, the ten year. Oof. And I'm not gonna I mean I've tried it and not gonna lie, I'm not impressed. I'm not a big basil guy. I mean I'll drink old granddad. It's it's not bad at all. Um it might just be my redneck coming through but uh well with the people that i've met to the people that i've met in this community um the bourbon community but also just my friends either either you're a basil hayden fan yeah. or not there's really no in between fair enough fair enough i don't have a problem with it i think it's yucko it's not yucko it's not my choice i just i think for that price point I don't think it's worth it. See, for me, I'd rather buy a bottle of Woodford and still have yeah. money and still oh, have yeah. money left over for something else. So mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I, do you, we want to keep going about Glenn Levitt or should we uh, switch gears and talk about bourbon whiskey news and what we picked up recently? So I'm pretty, pretty excited about our pickups this past couple of weeks. Um, the, I guess the, my biggest one that I picked up was yes. um, pretty, pretty freaking pumped about that in, I've never had bookers. So the people, the, the listeners out there that have had it and, you know, might not think it's all that, all that in a bag of chips, but I've never had it. And it seems to be a great white mm-hmm. Buffalo in our part of the country. So I was pretty stoked when I oh, found yeah. that. And your boy went back later that night and got a second bottle. My man, Brian. I think I still owe you a uh, Venmo. We'll figure out all that because later. Because I too was out running around the other day and just haphazardly walked into the ABC store and I said, Hey, do you guys have any specialty or any allocated specialty bourbons left? And he goes, Yep, third shelf down, right in the center, blue tag. And lo and behold, bottled in bond, George Dickel. <laughs> Yeehaw, Dickel. 11 years. So not bad. And yeah, and here? they uh, that's what that is. Wow. They did not limit me, so I bought two. I bought one for myself and one for uh, Papa Dave. Huh. And they were running a special on uh, the High West American Prairie Bourbon too, so that was thirty bucks, which was neat. I cannot say good enough things about High West. Yeah, dude, so I'm... quality. Yeah, they're they're just the regular bourbon, like the American Prairie bourbon. I think shout it's out awesome. to Park City. You guys are doing good things out in Park City. <laughs> Although I do have a small bone to pick with High West. Oh yeah, and this is this is me being very petty. <laughs> um, but I I found their silver. Here whiskey. we go. Hold on, let me let me pull it out. I want to read on the. Bottle. All right, while you're reading that, so when I found the old granddad, I also found the last bottle. Single barrel, seventeen ninety two. Yeah, that's a good forty pickup. bucks. When you sent me that first yep. picture, when you sent me that picture, I was like, "Oh, I've had seventeen ninety two. And then I like did a double take. I'm like, "Oh snap, that's yep. a single barrel." Anyway, go ahead. So let, let's let's lay the hammer down on High West. So High West, just, and I know that I have zero room to talk because we're. I'm relatively new into this game, but stop making the silver <laughs> whiskey. It is terrible. So for you guys that don't know what the silver whiskey is, but high West product, it's a sweet ass bottle. Yep. Right. It has like a, like that rainbow tint to it. I don't even know how to describe no, the, that. Yeah. But... It's got that like chameleon glare to it. Like the paint on cars. Yeah. yeah it's, no, that's a good analogy. It's, it's a cool bottle. And um, it seems like a cool product, but it tastes like sin. I mean, it's made, it's called Silver Whiskey Western Oak. And um, let's see here the mash bill 85% oats, 15% malted barley. Not a stitch of corn or rye. No, whoever thought that was a what good is it? Idea. I mean, what is okay? So if you had to put a taste on it, what could you compare it to? So on the I'm reading there, I'm reading High West's notes on the nose. Uh-huh. 
rich vanilla with banana, coconut, and blueberry. I don't believe that for a second. Hell no. And what's funny is I read that after having a really good experience with the Angels Envy Rye. So I read banana, coconut, and blueberry. I was like, oh, man, it's about to be a kaleidoscope in my mouth. I was so pumped. What a disappointment. Oh, I'm sorry, man. That that sucks. <laughs> Listen to this. A party on your palate. Oat biscuits with soft berries and vanilla and nuttiness. Where are you reading this? On <laughs> the back of the bottle. Uh, tastes like ass juice. Dude, it really does. It It's not good. Like, I, maybe I'll just keep it so that to give it to people and like make them try it. They're like, isn't it so good? See if they just like affirm what I'm saying. Long with ripe honeydew. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Party on your palate. I have you haven't seen it yet. Uh, right? Not in person, but I'm looking at the the bottle. Yeah, so you're gonna definitely try this when you come out right. next time. Oh, it, oh, it's oh. class and type. A light whiskey, pot distilled at seven thousand feet by High West Distillery, Park City, Utah. It doesn't make it good. It's not chill filter and it's not mm-hmm. carbon treated. So that's so what they just run it through like a bounty quicker picker upper. A silver lining, if yeah. you will. <laughs> so, okay. So it says uh, an unaged oak whiskey akin to a Blanco tequila that is unique and incredibly smooth. Is, is oat whiskey a thing? I didn't Apparently know. not. I mean, they tried. Honestly, but... honestly didn't know it. Okay, so not to like kick a man while he's down. What did you pay for that bottle? Please tell me it wasn't more than thirty dollars. I I I don't honestly I don't okay. remember. I want to say it was around forty. Ugh. Yeah, but like when you see High West, you're like, okay, this can't be awful. And then you're like, oh my god, it tastes like it was butt funneled. Got it. Great. That's it. <laughs> That's why I was I was willing to take the risk because I I, I hold High West in high yeah. regards. Oh yeah. So I was like, you know, High West, if you're listening to this, please stop making this <laughs> and make more of the Midwinter Nights Dram. Yeah, and make it. Well, they don't have any to say on this, but Virginia ABC, start carrying it, and don't make it so expensive. <laughs> if it were, I would pay. I'd pay eighty five to hundred bucks for that bottle. I would just out of sheer curiosity because I want to try it. Oh yeah, I think that's appropriate. I when I was waiting in line that time for the bourbon mm-hmm. release, one of the dudes told me that he bought a bottle in DC for yeah, two hundred. Yeah, uh, speaking of outrageously overpriced bourbons that you used to be able to get for retail, I saw a secondary market listing for regular Blantons, three hundred dollars. <sighs> I, outrageous so i had I, I had a chance to catch up with one of my a dear friend of mine who's uh based out of nolens now uh he's doing amazing things he actually is one of the guys that helped stand up the world war ii museum down in new orleans so one of his his jobs okay. is to fly around and interview the last you know surviving members of the best of the greatest generation um and he's like dude what is it every time i come home to see my parents and he, his folks live in northern virginia he said the bourbon shelves are empty and people are asking outrageous prices for resale for these bottles. He's like, in New Orleans, we're converting like grocery stores 
to liquor warehouses. Like, we don't have a problem down here. We don't, we, like, I want to know what the hell is going on up there. So I asked him, I'm like, <laughs> do you guys, are you, you know, do, do you have Blanton's and Weller and all of these, you know, X, Y, and Z readily available? He's like, yeah. And at bargain basement prices, a lot of the stuff is on clearance. And <laughs> he was like, I have degenerate friends. And once I shared your information with them, they were ready to load up seven new halls and go across state lines. <laughs> it's like, please don't do that. Please don't get arrested. But uh, if you want to ship a couple bottles to me and I'll give you 10 bucks a bottle over retail, that's fine too. Honestly, can you really get into that much trouble? Like if somebody gifts you air quotes, a bottle and ships it to you? Like no, you, you really can't get in trouble for importing, I guess, liquor across state lines when it's regulated. No, I don't think like people, I follow like a bunch of different, um, like bourbon, uh, pages on Instagram and they're constantly sending each other back and forth across the country, different kinds of bourbons. I don't, I don't know for sure if that's illegal. I don't think if it anybody is. knows, can you write um, us or call us or DM <laughs> us or something? Cause I, I don't want to get wrapped up in something, but I'm, I refuse. I absolutely refuse to pay above retail for any of this stuff. I don't need it that bad. And everything is cyclical. No. It will die down and we'll be able to get bottles again here in probably the next four to six months. And I'll just wait. Yeah, I'm not going to pay. I was telling you before, like, that dude that I DM'd, just out of curiosity, he was asking, like, like over $1,000 yeah. for various happies, and then almost $1,000 for some of the Wellers. See, and I was like, bro, you have lost dude, and you know mind. what's insane to me? Weller used to be a bottom-shelf bourbon. Bottom-shelf. Nobody wanted it. And then it took off. It was a bottom-shelf bourbon that they That's could insane. not give away. And and now, people. <laughs> so Monty flew in from an undisclosed look. Actually, I think we've already told everybody he's from Houston. He uh, he was sweet enough to bring me a few bottles. Like he brought me two bottles of Buffalo Trace, and a one point seven five liter bottle of Weller Special Reserve. Do you know how much the Weller <laughs> bottle cost me? Was like forty dollars for one point seven five milliliters. I got online. That same bottle, people are asking $500 for. I'm like, why don't you assholes just drink it and enjoy it and not try to gouge people for money? All right, I'm trying not to get, like, pissed off about this because there's a baby sleeping above me. But <laughs> God damn it, like, find something else to do with your time. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, which, and we, we've talked about it. I guess we hinted at this before, but um, the aftermarket bourbon sales is ruining bourbon in, in these parts of the country for a lot of people because a it's pissing off the distillers yep. and uh, that article you sent me um i think it named a couple distillers um particular i think heaven Buffalo hill trace is another one they're done with it they're they've they've gone as far as buying back some of their inventory to put back into the warehouse and send to other places because they don't want to feed into what's going on. So I think you said it. Oh, great. You're going to punish the whole class for the actions of one or two people. Yeah, I hate it's, group punishment. Oh, God. I think it's dumb. But, but, it's, it, it, but it pisses me off, too. 
like with that bourbon release we mentioned earlier, um, and we're talking about these these like little honey hole places that we can get, usually go and find mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff. Um, they had people coming from out of state, from North Carolina, like at these liquor stores that are on the border, like yep. these border towns. They have people coming from out of state knowing that there's going to be this big release and like camping out at liquor stores. And, you know, I guess that's their right. They can do that. But it's just irritating, you know, when we have such a hard time trying to find these bourbons. And then we have an opportunity to do so. And these out of towners keep coming in. So and doing I, I don't, it, it's not that I don't respect the hustle because how can I phrase this? If your sole intention is to take inventory out of the marketplace to double and triple a profit, that's what I don't agree with. And that that's your God given will and right in a free market economy. And as a free citizen of the U S you can pretty much do anything within the confines of the law. That's fine. I just, I'll never agree with it. Uh, for me, I'd, I'd buy something to, to drink, enjoy, and share with other people. And I'm going to climb down off of my six foot two soapbox because <laughs> we always talk about it. I mean, and it's not going to change for a little while, maybe in, you know, nine months to a year, but it just. Well, I think also, I think also too, it's because we're yeah. invested. You know, like you had mentioned before, you used to be yeah. in a sneaker game. And honestly, I could give two right. shits about sneakers. Right. But I understand it, like now having invested some in this, that, you know, how it how it's kind of shady. And it, well, when you've, you know, taking taking a bunch of product off the market and then trying to sell it for three times the price. I mean, that, that's kind it of crappy, is. man. And it, to go as far as people stalking the warehouses and then following the delivery trucks. I mean, where is the line in the sand for that? I mean, yeah, you're too far gone. So, all right, I'm going to, I'll back up a little bit. So when I walked in and uh, to my local place and found that last bottle of 1792 single barrel, I asked him, I was like, do you guys get anything else? He goes, just, you know, all of the price tags are right there on the plexiglass in front of you. So there's, let's just say there's seven tags. 1792 is one of them. Four above it are X'd out with blue Sharpie. And I'm like, well, what, let's just see what they sold out of. 750 milliliter bottles of Eagle Rare were gone. Uh, 750 milliliter bottles of Buffalo Trace were gone. There were two other ones I can't remember. And then the two price tags that still had bottles available were like $2.99 and $3.99. And I don't, I was so like taken aback by the price. I was like, oh, I'm not even going to read anymore. But I wish I had because I, I want to know uh, what those bourbons were that were so damn expensive. So, I mean, if I go in there this weekend, I'll ask. But, you know. Probably Kentucky Owl. No, no they buys. had a whole shelf of Kentucky Owl confiscated. And it was 115 120 bucks. You know what? Oh. If I don't get anything in December... I'm, I'm, you know, I've, I've kind of set myself an allowance per month for like 200 bucks. If I can't find anything, um, I'm, I think I'm going to get it and we'll try it. Cause I'm, I'm curious. I hear good things about it. I mean, it like it's, it's always on the shelf and no one seems to buy it. So I'm, I'm extremely curious too, but, um, next week we're going to have one of my buddies on 
um, he served in the, in the national guard with me and, um, he's big into bourbon and he sent me a picture of his collection and it's, it's outrageous compared to what we have right now. Um, but you know, in his collection, he's got, and I saw several bottles of mm-hmm. E.H. Taylor, um, Weller. He's got, he's got a pretty extensive, uh, specialty allocated bourbon collection. So we're going to have him on next week and he's going to talk about that and, um, talk about how he's, how he's collected all those nice burdens. That's, that's so pretty, pretty cool. excited about that. Is he, he's, is he local or if you don't feel comfortable, don't disclose it. That's fine. He's, um, he's not local with us. I think he's Western okay. Virginia, West, not West Virginia, Western gotcha. Virginia, like South, Southwest. Okay. I think I'm not sure. I haven't talked to him in a while. I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to, to meet him over, you know, over the app and, and have a chance to catch up with him. Um, Oh, yeah. Um, so we uh, celebrated Thanksgiving um, and we got to see a couple members of the family that we haven't seen in quite a while. And uh, one of my wife's cousins pulled me aside and he was like, hey, man, I just want to let you know, I've been, you know, my buddy and I and my buddy's dad have been listening to the podcast and we really like it. And, uh, you know, my, my college roommate's dad is a big bourbon guy. And, you know, James, shout out to James. If you're if you're listening to the episode, man, thank you so much. I I can't, I can't thank you enough for the conversation and, and hanging out with me. That was, that was really cool to catch up with you. Um, and James even went as far as to being like, Hey, you know, I'll check our local spots there. He's in uh, Pennsylvania for school. Um, so oh, okay. he's, 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 was, we were talking about it and he was like, yeah. And, uh, you know, my roommate's dad, let me act- actually, let me try a, a pour a pappy. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> so <laughs> come again for big fudge so he sent me a snap the other night of the shelf of the shelves in his roommate's dad's uh, lounge bar home bar whatever study henry mckenna four roses old forester uh every kind of mictor that there is elijah craig uh blade and bow angels envy um larceny like old fitzgerald there's bookers there's some uh there's some good stuff on the shelf and sure enough right on the top shelf um 25th or 35th anniversary of knob creek in the display box e.h taylor small batch uh one of the high two bottles of the high price jeffersons uh weller 12 and the two mantelpieces old rip van winkle 10 and the other van winkle and it, from this picture there doesn't look like there's a whole lot of that old rip van winkle 10 left in the bottle and i can't tell you how much i appreciate people that drink the shit that they have like yeah i somebody was i don't know if it was i think it was on one of the instagram profiles we follow through the barrel brothers podcast and the guy was like, oh, look at me. I'm going to take a shelfie with all these bottles that are just going to collect us and never be open for their eternity. I was like, damn, I didn't even think about it that way. And we've, you know, we've, we've talked about it. If in the odd chance we ever stumbled across a retail bottle of any of the pappies, we'd have a hard time opening it. Just knowing that, you know, getting a second one would be difficult. Um, but I'd do it. I'd open it. I, I want to try it. I have to know. Yeah, I'm more when it comes to drinking and versus just having it. I'm more inclined to, to drink it because honestly, it's like a little kid with 
you know, money walking into a candy store just burns a hole yeah, in his pocket. For sure. I have a hard time looking at it every day, especially because of the my bar card nest now in my <laughs> office. And um I have a hard time looking at it every day and not popping a cork. Like it's I think what do I have right now? Oh, the bookers. I haven't opened mm -hmm. the bookers yet. And I haven't tried the Elijah Craig 18 either. And it stares at me every damn day. So on my, since I've run out of sh shelves and room basically anywhere, I've got two, four, six, I have seven bottles on my, uh, my home office desk top right now. Uh, the Hunter <laughs> and Scott bourbon, uh, shout out to Reservoir Distillery, still waiting on, um, uh, Mr. Cutno to get back to us. I'm going to have to follow up with them. Um, ah, maybe, uh, maybe the letter got lost. Maybe. In the um, the Michter's Rye. I've got <laughs> Old Forester 1910. Um, the Small Batch 1792, an unopened bottle of Angel's Envy. So of those bottles, one, two, three, four, five, five of them aren't open. I just, I need to open them and try them. Same thing with the cabinet. There's a cabinet full of stuff that hasn't been opened. So I just, one of those things where maybe a new one each week um, until they're all open. I'm not in the resale business. I want to enjoy it and I want, you know, I want to enjoy it with people. So next time you guys are here, man, we'll get into a couple of them. Just make sure you're, just make sure Sam has to drive home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't be doing anything mm -mm. stupid. No, when you uh, we were talking the other day, and this is completely off topic, but I have to I have to mention mm -hmm. this this week. Uh, Brian and I were texting the other day, and I think you were you were drinking something. Oh eating a God, snack. yeah. And if if you want to tell that story, what what snack were you eating? Oh, <laughs> uh, what was I eating? Well, first off, what were you drinking? It was so bad I blocked it out. I'm going to look at the text. Hang on. Because you laughed for you laughed for a good bit. Oh. <laughs> I was uh super happy about it. Oh, yeah, the old granddad. <laughs> and I started the text conversation out with Jesus tap dancing Christ. Uh, a word of advice: <laughs> Don't eat salty snacks while drinking Old Granddad. And then I sent the GIF of uh, Little Nicky <laughs> when he's breathing fire out of his mouth. Dude, that when you mix that with like, I don't know if it was chips and salsa or if it was, but whew, I still have a sore on the side of my tongue. Well, it got me thinking, you know, about food pairings with whiskey, and. Um, I guess it's fitting this week because we're talking about scotch. You know, bourbon, bourbon is real sweet. So it's easy to pair things mm -hmm. with sweet. But scotch, I thought, I found it hard to think of things. Now, I'm, obviously, I'm not like trying snacks with the scotch, but just with me thinking about it, it was hard for me to think about various foods to pair with scotch. And, um, in my various studies this week, um, I found some interesting foods and snacks that pair well okay. with scotch. Um, 
cheese, yeah. which, you know, cheese, I guess, you know, pairs well with wine, but um, I thought cheese was interesting because, and it, it makes sense. Scotch, some scotch can be overpowering, mm-hmm. especially the, the smoky ones. So cheese is, is something that kind of levels it out. And, and uh, almost, it doesn't really cleanse your palate, but it just, it kind of cuts at the, the smokiness of scotch and chocolate mm-hmm. as well. Um, I think dark chocolate specifically I heard and have read is the best to, to eat with. Scotch. Yeah. Um, I saw a, um, I don't know if it was like a master distiller or master blenders class, but is it Robert Patterson, the real eccentric guy from Dalmore? Yeah, Dude, he's amazing. Wild. I mean, what a character! But he he kind of offered he he offered the same thing you just said. He was like, "Okay, try this, try this, do this, do this, do this. Uh, put water in it. Okay, great. Now try this." He said he told the lady to nose it, uh, take a sip, hold it in the mouth, chew, 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 twelve seconds, and then swallow it. And then he had her take a bite of like Baker's chocolate or something that was like um, a bittersweet chocolate. And he was like, okay, now let that sit for a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. And then he said, okay, now take another sip. Uh, swallow, you know, chew it for 12 to 15 seconds. Hold, 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 swallow. And the look on the lady's face was like, oh my God, it just got so much better. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because there's something that, 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 that juxtaposition of sweet, it's just like savory and, and uh, sweet snacking. Like if you ever had the honey checks mix where it's yeah. the salty and sweet, I, yeah, dude, I love salty sweet what, stuff. What better combination is there? I don't think there is one. But yeah, um, we yeah, we could do that next time you guys are here. We could put like a charcuterie plate together and just bring that uh, McClellan's with you. We'll see if we can't dress her up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll bring the McClellan's and just uh, pour it down the drain. <laughs> we'll add uh, acetone to it and see if it lightens it up. <laughs> yeah. man i don't know how and, and i'm sure you know to each their own but yeah, um for sure i'm sure there's somebody out there that likes it but yeah, it's definitely not your boy the more just to go back to what we what we blind tasted tonight um the more of this uh 14 i have the better it gets yeah i agree that's good but um yeah so i we're coming up on uh, Christmas time, um, and you mentioned before that in passing with uh, speaking with one of the, one or two of the ABC store clerks that we could potentially see some wild things uh, coming into the stores throughout the holiday season. Yeah, um, the most recent store that I went into, and it's, it's been a it's been a minute because um, and I went home for the for the holidays, and then uh, my one of my buddies. Boo. Tested positive for COVID, and so now I have to quarantine. But um, <laughs> yeah, right. Boo. But um, but yeah, he said that you know he said of course, of course, around the holidays, you know, you always get more of these special specialty bourbons and allocated bourbons that um, that come across the mm-hmm. shelves because people like to buy them for gifts. And even the store clerk that I when I went in and got those bookers, he asked me both times. I thought I was going to get caught because it's a, the bookers in Virginia with the Virginia ABC so is an allocated bourbon. So it's one per customer per day. So <laughs> I went in 
the first time around like three o'clock bought that bottle of bookers and then i went back that night or like right before they closed mm-hmm. and uh and had the same same guy i just like threw a jacket on and a hat or whatever and um but he asked me both times if I was buying it for a friend, for a gift, uh, or if I was drinking it myself. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm drinking it myself. Don't you worry about that. No. He's like, well, invite me over then, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, you know, if, if you guys are listening and you you want to try some some of these allocated bourbons or you want to get it for a friend, um, stop, stop in a couple of times a week at your Virginia, local Virginia ABC or – if you're not in Virginia, lucky you. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go to your your local local liquor store. So and um, see what they have. Two things on on that um, stopping in. The last few times I've gone to the stores, I've asked the you know, hey, did you guys get your truck this week? And each time I went in, they were like, no, it's been delayed. We're hoping we get it X day. And I'm like, you know what? That's a good start to slow all of this horse shit down because if people don't know when the truck is coming in, then they can't stand outside. Then, you know, they can't send people to wait online and you know, this and the other. So I, I, I don't know if, you know, I, I don't know if they were genuine and you know, we, we didn't get it. It was delayed a couple days. We're hoping to get it Thursday or cause we always know they come in Fridays. There are, there are some stores right that I know when they're bullshitting me. They'll say, oh, um, I, I'm not sure if, if we got the truck this week. I think it's late. But then there's some stores that, like, I'll call in and they'll yeah. say, yeah, man, it's, it's not here this week. Like, it's, it's been delayed. And um, at the beginning of the summer, they would be delayed every week, Just I think just because of COVID stuff going on. But, um, but yeah, there, you know, I think you can – once you get to know the local stores that you go to, you can cut through all the bullshit. But what's funny, it's interesting you said that. I was talking to one of the guys in line when we were waiting for that bourbon release. And um, and he said what they need to do is just start doing it random. He's like, the only way that it's going to be truly fair is for them to say, mm-hmm. like, not tell anybody anything and just randomly send out an email on their website saying, hey, Starting at open a business today at 12 p.m. Um, there's going to be 50 bottles of Pappy. Yeah. Or you know across the across the state, or like you know there's going to be six bottles of 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 E H Taylor, you know, at each store starting now. You know, first come first serve. They need they need to stop. Like telling people about it because that's they I need think, to go back it, to the it truly system. makes it fair. But at the same time, there's a way to skate the lottery system too. You could create fifty different email accounts and submit different entries for each of the fifty emails. So I, there's there's always a way to to cheat or yeah. get around the system. So I I don't have an answer. It's not really up to me to worry about. It just sucks that you can't go into the store and find something that you're used to seeing on the shelves every single day of the week. But it, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> well, well to all the Virginia ABC executives that make these decisions, 
Seriously. Uh, next next conference call we'll do you a guys podcast have. During this conference call. We'll, we'll give our opinions. <laughs> like Brennan and Dale and stepbrothers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's oh I'm I don't know. We'll just we'll have to see what happens. And I actually found um a site online based out of a location I will not disclose because I think I'll actually be able to get the bottle shipped to Virginia. Um, will it, the pot still, the, the special pot still $47. Ooh. Uh, American barrels. I think I know. I think I know what you're, what you're for talking about. 30 bucks. Yeah. Um, Four Roses Yellow Label for twenty bucks. Um, Pinhook, I don't know. We I don't know if we've talked about it, but Pinhook is supposed to be pretty damn good. Um, so I found a bottle of their uh, Humor Rye and their uh, flagship bourbon. Uh, each of those are like thirty or thirty-five bucks each. So and the shipping's not bad at all. The shipping to my door for those five bottles is twenty-four dollars. So I think it's about 160 bucks to get everything here um, if the transaction actually goes through. So we'll, we'll see what happens. And if that works, then David, I'll more than likely share with you who the retailer is anyway, but um, yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty excited. I just hope everything makes it in transit without being destroyed because that would, that would be disheartening to get it all here and the box is soaked. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I agree. They they've been doing this for a while though, so mm-hmm. I assume that they have got a foolproof plan down. Um, Anyways, you got anything else? Drink responsibly. Um, don't drink and drive. Don't drink and text. Leave your exes alone. Leave them in the past. <laughs> I know, especially, especially around the holidays, you guys. But you, on you a serious who, note, I mean, you know I make a post about, about this every holiday season the holiday season can suck for some of us. If any of y'all need anything at any point, reach out. There's always a place setting at my table for you, David. I'm sure you're the same way. Um, call us, text us, DM us, get it off your chest. You're not alone. You're loved. Um, yeah. Be stay around. And to, uh, and to the four or five listeners that we have, if you, uh, if you like our podcast, I know. All right, Lizzo. <laughs> True, so it's fine. Uh, if you like our podcast, <laughs> feel free to reach out to us, uh, barrelbrotherspc at gmail.com, or um, like our pictures on Instagram, or give us a follow on Instagram, Bear Brothers Podcast. We appreciate uh, you. And continue to listen. Hey guys, this is Dave from the Barrel Brothers Podcast. Are you interested in commentary for the average golfer? If so, head on over to the First Tee Jitters Podcast. That's the First Tee Jitters Podcast, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.